You're now entering a restricted zone. Welcome to Area 52. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Area 52 podcast. We've uh, been off for, we took a week off, we had a bye week, for, uh, and then we, uh, well, it was Thanksgiving. We had holidays. Yeah. Holiday time. Mm, Thanksgiving. They're all about food. food. The, day, the day The of food, food holiday. Love it. Let's just call it food holiday. No more Thanksgiving, just Should we just, holiday. like, simple, simple down all the holidays? Yes. Boo holiday. Boo holiday. Food holiday. <laughs> Tree holiday. Tree holiday. <laughs> Wait, is that Arbor Day? Oh, that should be Arbor Day. Presents yeah. holiday. That could be Christmas. Um, How was your Thanksgiving? Wonderful. What did you do? Stressed out all day at work. <laughs> <laughs> the best but I, day I of your life. I had really life. great food that day, too. So oh, cool. yeah. Great. Best of both worlds. Okay. Stress and food. What did you have? The traditional. Yes, the turkey with everything. Oh. Lots of mashed potatoes, stuffing. Oh my god, I have such a problem with stuffing. Mm. I'm stuffing a, and I'm gravy. Stuffing like you just pour yeah. the gravy all over. Oh, love it. Ooh. Uh, we did. We uh, we did my. We had my family over, mm-hmm. and Danny made like a, the Thanksgiving. The feast. We the did whole spread. Twenty nice. pound turkey. Oh my god, that's giant. It's true. It was. It was that's giant. giant. <laughs> it was. We. So my my mom got it for free at uh, at a store. She went shopping and got a free. Spent How'd enough she get money it for free? Oh, spend you spend so money. much. They throw in a turkey. Yeah. Wow, like, what wanna... a great deal for Thanksgiving, too. And so she tells us, "Hey, I got a free turkey." Oh my god, and we're giant. like. I mean, well, and, and here's the thing: we did not. I did a 19 pound one last year, and it was so it's still giant. It was so big, and I was like, okay, we can definitely get away with like a 14 pounder, maybe you know, <laughs> 13, 14, right around there. That'll Baker's be perfect. dozen, perfect. <laughs> so, uh, you know, his mom calls me, and she's like, "I got a free turkey. Do you guys want to use it?" And I'm like, "Yeah, let me get a little information about it. What's what is it?" She's like, "Well, I tried to get a small one. It's it's a 20 pound." And I'm like, "Oh, that's the small." <laughs> So we so we meet my mom. She gives us this giant oh frozen God. dinosaur. Egg. So we just we just kept it in the cooler on the, on yeah. the front porch. Yeah, you'd have to. That's what we, we had nowhere else to put it. It wouldn't fit in a fridge. So it's, it was delicious. Though. Oh, good, oh, good. Yeah, I bet. She I'm, it. I'm still recovering from Thanksgiving. <laughs> You're still in the food coma. Yeah, my eyes are not like fully open yet. Like. Still I'm just, still, well, I'm like, I'm just tired. I'm exhausted. <laughs> and turkey does that to you anyway. It makes you sleepy. It's a stressful ass day. The, yeah, it the is. hibernating Danny awakes from her food coma, <laughs> emerging from the caves. Oh, I just need, like, I need, some, I need some naps. Naps? Yeah, I'm lots tired. of Thanksgiving naps. And a big old foot rub. Aww. Who's down? Who's doing it? I'll take care of it. Okay. He raised his hand. You heard it. You heard it here, folks. As a yeah. Hold him to it. That was a promise. Better do um, it. Also, that just sounds gross though. Let's but just. Massage. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be a better word, right? Um, do you guys think it's gross? I think it sounds gross. Just a massage. In my on your feet foot region. Okay. <laughs> Nothing gross about feet. They're just feet. Okay. A, a tootsie tickle. No, that's that rude. Sounds what? Really that sounds, just, that no. That sounds so like creepy. A, that sounds. Yeah. Well, like we're definitely throwing that one out. That one's gone. That doesn't right. even stand. Hey, no. kids, want a tootsie ticket all? No, like, we, we're, we're throwing no, it out. Don't even offer anything. We're not saying it again. <laughs> if what happens if we say it three times? Oh. Something bad's gonna happen, oh you guys. Like Beetlejuice, it shows up. Throw it out. 
Throw like it a out. Creeper driving it. Just comes out and just yeah forces ghostly foot massages <laughs> on everyone. Yeah. Um, Guys, here we are again, and I feel like I'm procrastinating because I don't want to get yeah, to this topic. Neither do I. Let's, None but, of but, us do this. Before is we do, while we're topic. still in a good mood, I want to address the fact that it was Melissa's birthday. Oh, thanks, and guys. And we need to say yes. we need to uh, please let's do reach out on social media uh, and wish Melissa happy birthday. Thanks so much. No, it's actually the twenty second, correct? Or the twentieth? Twentieth. Yep. I'm sorry. Yep. I always wanted it to end up on Thanksgiving because you know how Thanksgiving is always the third Thursday or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Never did. It would always come really close. I think the closest it came was the 22nd, but. Man. I know. It was always the week, well, usually the week of Thanksgiving, so that was but good. you don't want it, like, all up there still in your birthday thunder, do you? Now that I get all that food for my birthday. <laughs> tur- I'd take I a mean, turkey I mean, a lot of food and presents. Yeah. And That's kind of good. mashed yeah, potatoes. Right? I always, because my birthday is uh, is right after Christmas, so we would go to the family gatherings, mm-hmm. and then, like, people would eat and do the family Christmas stuff, and then when everybody was at the end and they were tired, and they were They'd yawning. Like, oh, by the They'd way. Go, oh, it's Mark's birthday. <laughs> Everyone gather around. We have four presents for him to open in public. Is your family Jewish now? Yeah, I don't know why. Okay. Just... Because they're tired. <laughs> you know, it's That's a weird thing. Like, yeah, I don't know why I give voices to these people. No. And they're I was like, like yeah, I'm going to open my presents now. Because <laughs> that's how I talked when I was eight. I grew out of it. It's weird. I, I, yeah, look. Yeah, there's, you're right. There, I, I don't I don't have a segue for this. Nah. There's other no than this. segue because it's just terrible. <laughs> it's we sad. sometimes on this. Uh, I mean, we have a list. I'm I'm looking at it right now. I have I have a, a list of of topics. This that has been naughty only... or nice, right? <laughs> this is all checking it This twice. is all naughty. <laughs> just so, okay. This is beyond naughty. It's, just, uh, it's on the felony. F- <laughs> <laughs> fucked up list. Yeah, we're saying it's like the nice <laughs> list. I... I don't even I don't go to those houses. Um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, and a lot of times we'll just go topic to topic. And in the beginning of this podcast, that's kind of what we did. We would pick a different topic every week. Mm-hmm. We would kind of, you know, it, and, but lately we've kind of been coming up on these topics where they are wormholes. There's and, just so much to them. And we're not really necessarily speculating because we're, we have to address actual facts, things that, that legitimately happened. And... um and sometimes, you know, we we intend to do a single episode case, and then because it's in our minds, uh, or, you know, we we keep digging after we're done, or we forget to mention something, and then do even more digging on that topic, and it leads us down more wormholes. And that's kind of what's happened this week. Uh, if you're following us in chronological order, then you know that last week we talked about the mysterious disappearance and possible reappearance of Johnny Gosh, the uh, an incredible, um, weird, unbelievable tale um, that if it is real and if it is true, and <laughs> I mean, it, it seems like it it mostly is, mm-hmm. uh, then it's terrifying to what it stands for and what it means. Um, but there were parts of this where there were supporting players in the Johnny Gosh story that actually had much bigger starring roles in other stories or uh, had, had other stories to tell. And so this week, uh, that's kind of what we wanted to do, was follow up on some of the rumors that we forgot to mention, some of the players that we didn't bring up, and go deeper down um, the stories of some of the people that we brought up. And so just kind of do a follow-up episode. And I, I don't know where this is going to take us, to be honest, because this leads down rabbit holes that are just as fucking terrifying as, as any. So 
if if you haven't listened to uh, our last episode, I believe it's episode 71, uh, go back and listen to that. Familiarize yourself with the Johnny Gosh case with the characters that we're going to be talking about this week. And then come back to uh, episode 72. I mean, you're 72. referencing these people like they're... Like it's a movie. These are real people. These are real people, but it feels like a movie because it's so horrible. Yeah, you can't I mean, believe not like, it's not real. Like characters and like. Well, but I'm well, yeah, sure. But what I'm saying like, is that they're real people. Okay, they are real people, but I'm uh, sure. I'm just clarifying that, right? Yes, this is all very real. Yeah, uh, yeah. I and don't want it to be. None of us do. That's the thing is you kind of talk about this because there yeah. have been documentaries made, and you you know we've watched hours and hours of videos on these people. Yeah, I mean they kind of become. Uh, you know, characterized in these in these ways in in these different videos. Um, so we yeah, last week we mentioned Johnny Gosh. Uh, we talked about um, you know all of the all of the different accusations and allegations that were made in that case and what they led to. Um, but there were a few things we didn't bring up. One of the things that um, we had forgotten to bring up last week about the Johnny Gosh case was uh, Jeff Gannon, who. Some people. Oh, he's the grown-up guy, right? Right. That people think might have been. <laughs> he's yeah. the grown-up guy. He's the grown-up guy. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny as an alleged grown-up, maybe. Yes, that's the idea. There are people, and then there's there's different stories about Jeff Gannon. I mean, and this is the thing: is Danny started digging. We, you know, uh, when we got done with um, the podcast, there was just kind of things on our mind, and we realized we forgot to bring this up because, yeah, there are people who thought. And still think, and I mean, although most of the stories about this are eight, nine years old, um, there's not like a lot of updated stories about this guy. Well, like, do you know where he is now? Yeah, there's. I was looking for stuff like where he is now. I can't find anything. Like, I mean, recent. I, I but I remember his... when he was like controversial years ago. Yeah, and he ended up being like a White House prostitute or something. Well, and we're gonna yeah, we're gonna get into that. Okay, so that's the thing. Okay, so now. Jeff Gannon, a lot of people believe that he was uh, grown-up Johnny Gosh. Now, it's true. He was a White House reporter. However, after some digging, it turns out that he wasn't actually a reporter for any newspaper. Well, I mean, like, it was, it's something that he was able to uh, receive, like, one of those press passes. And he attended over, like, 200 press parties or whatever, press conferences. It would also or... make sense for a White House prostitute. Right. So, And he, and he did <laughs> Special this. Special VIP th- invitation. Throughout George Bush's presidency. So it, it was during his presidency that he was doing this. And, and the whole thing about it was a lot of people were like, okay, well, you know, they started digging in, into this because he had attended a lot of these press conferences, but he was also able to ask the president a lot of questions and when he did they kind of thought oh these are really softball questions who is this dude why is he getting to ask the president yeah, like questions? like yeah, the, like and, the questions made and, the president look good exactly mm-hmm. and okay. so this is the thing is that or that they the idea was that they were that they were kind of um perpetuating a, a you know a war the idea that the people needed to believe that there needed to be a war and so this is kind of an instance of what you could say a crisis actor almost, you know, who is this person? And so when people dug into him, they realized he is not a reporter. He's not a real reporter. He has no, um, I don't know if journalistic is the right word or, you know, a background in journalism anyhow, but uh, he was involved with like his high school paper or something like that. But that hardly counts <laughs> to be qualified to be in the white house asking the president questions regarding, you know, a pending war. So, um, and then it was found out that he was 
a uh, male prostitute. He was kind of either the host of a website or was, you know, certainly on it or running it, I don't know, for like hotmilitarystuds.com or something like that. And when you kind of see him in his interactions with Bush, there's like all these pictures of him where um, George Bush is kind of looking at him weird and then he's like got his hand on his forehead and he's like kissing his hand. Well, it's, it's, oh, it's wow. very, very Kissing his own hand. Yikes. Right, like I'm saying, so his hand is placed on Jeff yeah. Gannon's forehead, and then George Bush would kiss his own hand while it's placed on his forehead. It's, 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 it's really, really weird. and so Almost a lot of, ritualistic. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people are thinking like, uh, well, and this goes to like kind of another, not conspiracy theory, but like we could even just say rumor about someone. And a lot of people say that there has been rumor that George Bush uh, is gay or has those tendencies because, you know, he's either said things like, you know, a, a, we'll, we'll say that a man has a very attractive face or a very handsome or pretty face. Or, you know, he roomed with like, I don't know if it was a governor, another governor at the time or something like that. And uh, just stuff like that. That And so the idea is that maybe this Jeff Gannon dude, and, and he does have the same initials, J.G., you know, right. is Johnny Gosh. Um, now, he does, and, and, and there was this thing that Jeff Gannon isn't even his real name, right? Yeah, it's like J- James Guckert or Yeah, it's a something. different J. I think it's like <laughs> But it also J.G. <laughs> yeah, yes, it is. Now, and, and a lot of people think that he was per, like personally George Bush's personal prostitute almost. Whoa. So more wow. more so like that. Like he was almost his, like... Like, they're very familiar with each other, now, if that the, makes sense. And that maybe, and there were these ties because of what we had talked about with Johnny Gosh, you know, and the things that, if you remember Paul Bonacci and, and what he had said happened to Johnny and that he was sold and that, that these children in this sex ring were oftentimes taken to Washington where very, you know, uh, powerful and a lot of political figures you know, partook in these horrible acts. And so these after parties. Yeah, exactly. Really, really creepy after after parties. Yeah. And, and so, and, but you know, they're kind of also saying that maybe there's this, you know, extreme and, and it's kind of, I even mentioned this to Mark that this extreme case of Stockholm syndrome where, you know, these kids are longing so much for human interaction after they've been taken that they kind of they kind of start liking their abductors or what have you. And so maybe there's like a reason to be loyal and a reason to stay and, and you well, know, yeah, all, the, all the way up to the, the White House, control. you know what I mean? As, as an adult. And that's kind of, that's kind of the, that was the long story. Right. <laughs> the long and, version uh, of that. And, but, so are, and it's, and it's weird because there are interviews with uh, Jeff Gannon where they ask him, Straight out. Um, um, Bo Deedle, who uh, was a correspondent for MSNBC, he was a New York City detective and then went on to advertise for Arby's. Remember that? Wait, I found a meat <laughs> over here at Arby's. I found him. Man, yeah. uh, he, was, no, he does an interview with him, and he talks about how there were all these allegations uh, that you know, Jeff, it was right after the, the everything broke, you know, yep. you're the, you're the, uh, you know, that you're this kid, Johnny Gosh. Um, but you know, uh, and people say they can't find Jeff Gannon. Jeff Gannon called me last night. He says, I want to come on your show square this way. And he comes on. He says, no, I'm not Johnny. I mean, he addresses this. And before we had done the digging, I had watched this beforehand and Bo Deedle keeps saying, you know, and this thing, I mean, obviously you don't want to say because you know, there's other stuff you deal, you know, you're, you're involved in or whatever. And he keeps saying these things like these kind of like, deflecting away and then we find out well it's because he runs a 
uh, a game military themed escort service website. Yeah. Um, and then he goes on Bill Maher. Bill Maher asks him the exact same thing, and he never answers a question. He never. You, you see him. He deflects every question. Uh, why? How did you get in there and get these credentials? He asks him that. How? How were yeah, you able to get in? I he mean, goes, honestly, because uh, I'm a reporter. What? Yeah, he, he really just dances <laughs> around all the questions. There's oh, no geez. real. He doesn't answer anything. He, no. He kind of gives you the uh, the old brush no, off, no answer, answer. Yeah. yeah. Just brushes them all mm-hmm. off. And it's it's Ugh. like he's. Like he's trained to do so. But he's also clearly, <laughs> I mean, I, yes, he brings up a good point in his interview. Like he goes, my personal life isn't this. Yes. And that's what, and then Bill Maher says the same thing. He says, well, but that's not what we're asking you. Yes, granted, your personal life. Now, how, but with your personal life, how were you, a person who's also not a journalist for any kind of reputable news anywhere. service, right. yeah. how were you able to get White House credentials and ask the president questions? Because that's either a question of y- either you are in in, right. in with somebody or national security is so relaxed that this guy can get credentials so anyone can. Well, and here's the thing. like I don't, I don't care if he is or was or is still... George Bush's personal prostitute, whatever. I don't care. Right. Um, but here's what we know. He is not a reporter, and nope. he is a prostitute or uh, an escort, which, whatever. I don't know. And maybe he would prefer one or the other. Prostacourt. Prostacourt. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> He's a prostacourt. And, um, but, but this is the thing. You don't get to be in the White House at right. a press conference Soft as a prostacourt and softball some questions at the president, okay? So That's du- just and this, not... And this is W. And like, Bush, right? Right. Yes, not yeah. Like senior. I said. And, but they do think that there are ties to both the Bushes in this um, because of Johnny being... Oh, excuse me, I just the microphone. Of Johnny being younger, you know, and, right. and being there with um, George Bush Sr. Right. when he was in his term. Yeah, there's and, alleged pictures showing uh, Being at showing these them. parties where right. they said that he was you know, part of some of these people that partook in these things. So they're saying that he has a total connection to the Bushes, both right. of them. Um, it's it's really interesting. And as far as the other thing with Jeff Gannon goes, there's a couple things that that, that bother me about this and with uh, part of the Johnny Gosh thing. And, and if you remember Johnny Gosh's mom, Noreen, she received a couple pictures. I don't know when it was like 96 or 2000, I don't know, something on her doorstep or somebody gave them to her. And it showed, you know, they look like older photos of a young boy who was kind of tied up and, and gagged and things like that. But he was sitting upright and she always was like, I know that these are my son and things like that. When there were other photos where he was laying on his side and she's like, there's a huge birthmark on his chest. But there's one where the same boy that she's saying is her son is sitting up with a very clear shot of his chest and there's no birthmark on it. <laughs> And she also claims that Johnny came to see her when he was 27, and she recognized him. She said, I recognized him immediately. The eyes don't change. And that, that's her exact quote, you know, that he had longer hair and that he had dyed it black at that time, but she still recognized him. So my thing is, like, here's Jeff Gannon. He is bald, and maybe he would do that because Johnny Gosh's most recognizable photos of him were when he was a missing boy, and he had this, you know, very recognizable bowl cut. So right. maybe he is... Straying away from having any hair at all because it would kind of be more resemble, you know, would re- resemble his last photo more. Right. 
So anyways, point being, I just don't know why, if that's the case, Noreen can't say, he clearly looks like the man who came to see me, just a little bit right. older. The eyes don't change. Noreen, like Noreen does kind of have that blind... Hope and ambition yeah. or whatever it is. But those are two things that bother me, is that there's clearly a photo of the same boy that I know she has probably seen, that she says is undoubtedly her son, which I don't think it is, Johnny. And then the whole Jeff Gannon thing. It's like, why can't you say if Jeff Gannon looks like your son or not? Right. Like, and and when she's asked about deal? it, she also answers cagely. Like, yes, it's, very strangely. Th- there has not been a, yes, I do. I clearly believe that's him. Why hasn't or he no, said? Or no, I don't. Yeah, no, I don't. Now, this he is looks ridiculous. nothing like my son. Yeah, and that's that's what's weird about this. And so there are some some strange avenues. I personally don't. I've I've seen the side-by-sides. I personally don't believe that Jeff Gannon is Johnny Gosh. I, I do, I mean, I know but the other stuff about him. I don't necessarily believe that he's Johnny Gosh, though. I don't know. Cause, I mean, and, and it's interesting. We'll get into this. Couldn't you, with couldn't the, you go uh, on his hot military stud website? <laughs> I'm sure there's a picture of him with his shirt off and see if there's a birthmark on his chest. There is one. There's that a is lot, on the... he doesn't have the birthmark. Yeah, right, he doesn't so, have the birthmark. So, yeah, so but, there you go. I mean... I don't know. But um, the other thing about it is with the dude, and we'll get to him, Rusty... Rusty Nelson or whatever. Yeah. Um, oh, the cameraman. Yeah, we'll talk about him. Yeah, the photographer. And and he says things about, relating to Johnny Gosh about how he thinks Jeff Gannon is Johnny Gosh because he knew Johnny Gosh and talked to him when he was there. And, and when he did, he said, wouldn't it be funny if, you know, somebody could infiltrate the White House or something? So that's why he thinks Oh, like he, he was is. planning on it mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, but I mean, I'm, that's not to say that it that makes it true. So. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, now it's interesting. We'll, we'll, um, post on social media, uh, the interviews with Jeff Gannon. Um, you know, I mean, you can look at this picture and you guys can kind of think for yourself. Yeah. Go, go ahead and Google it on you your think. phone. I mean, yeah, it's hard to say what someone will. Yeah, there's tons of pictures of like side by sides too. What do you think, Melissa? I don't, I don't think it's him. I think he might be from the same crop though of kidnap kids that just oh sure were thrown into this human trafficking and so he had to make his own um what are they called brothel (laughs) well i mean that's what he knew yeah Yeah, right and he's just being used by the white house in a different way for all the interviewing yeah that's that's the strangest thing about it is that he does seem i mean the the questions seem almost like they're written by like oh he's a plant he doesn't even know what he's saying he doesn't have an actual emotional connection to words here you just read this script that's a very both that's both of you making a very good point he does there is no like I'm, i'm legitimately concerned about this it's yeah, it's yeah, it's I, and I don't think he understands a, the words he's saying like he has ever used them before. Yeah, yeah probably you not because I mean he's not a reporter. Like, yeah. He's like got nothing to report back that to. That mouth ain't made for words. <laughs> Whoa. No. <laughs> well, I didn't I'm, I'm on. I'm not the male escort. What did it? Well, were you you weren't forced into that life either. Yeah, well, we don't know that about Jeff Gannon. All right. Now, the other thing about Jeff Gannon, and with, well, like I said, we'll get to Rusty Nelson. We haven't really introduced him yet. He was just the photographer who um, was there so, at was, some of the Franklin uh, If you remember, and, and, and they We're going to talk a lot about Franklin scandal. Right. So he kind of came forward and, and gave some facts, I guess you could say. The other thing he said about um, why he thinks Jeff Gannon is Johnny Gosh is he said that, you know, Johnny will never really come forward and, and say that he is who he is. And I mean, you can kind of understand this if you look at it from this point of view, that he he doesn't 
he doesn't want people to know what happened to him, essentially. He doesn't want people to realize or connect with the fact that this is what his life had become because he was forced into it. You know, he he wouldn't have otherwise chose this life of of being a male prostitute and an escort for himself as, as a 12-year-old boy when he was abducted. And right. so that might be the reason why he doesn't want to come forward. And even as a real person who might not be Jeff Gannon, who's infiltrated the White House as a fake reporter, I can understand that side of that. And Noreen herself has said that Johnny did not want her to say anything. He didn't tell her where he was living or yeah. anything like that. And she said she hasn't had contact with him since. So I... Who's to say? But but still, she doesn't answer if he looks like her son. Yeah. Some of the pictures do look a lot alike. I mean, it's... Flipping through. I don't know. He it's, doesn't have that birthmark, but I mean, he could have that removed or yeah. makeup or whatever. Listen, we... Very uh, true. We, yeah. I mean, we want to hear from you on that one. Um, there were some other people that said, um, look into uh, look into the story about Johnny's dad and... I, I couldn't find anything extensive on it. Do either of you know anything more? No, about it just it? touches it on um, some of the videos because that was like the first paper route he went on without his dad there. Yes, and there were just like speculations that um, his dad was ta- getting weird phone calls, and then Johnny was seen talking to somebody underneath the bleachers that his dad was talking to. Like, there's just it's in a video, and they, it's all just. Well, this guy seemed kind of weird, and they were both talking to him. So, but there's nothing solid. There's no, mm-hmm. like, well, oh, because it seems like they got divorced. If there was something like that, Norween seems pretty outspoken. I think she would be pushing it if she thought her ex-husband was yeah, involved. Was Do you know what I mean? Well, and and one of the things that was kind of interesting that both Paul Bonacci—is it Bonacci or Bonacci? I think Bonacci, a lot of people say Bonacci. Bonacci. Yeah. Paul Bonacci. One of the things that he said and Rusty Nelson said— was that these organized pedophile rings that we discussed that were um, kind of, um, and that's the thing, is, is going back to the, credit, the, the, the Franklin Credit Union scandal. Right? When that broke, that was initially a scandal about embezzlement, and that's what it ended up becoming, but it also kind of exposed this this pedophile ring for the wealthy and the... Giant and, pedophile yeah. ring. Was, what was her name? National. Alicia? Uh, uh, yeah, Alicia Myers. Some, oh gosh, the girl that who who, who came also came forward. Right? I mean, and then they charged her with perjury. Oh or yeah, something. she, she like, went to jail for right? a long time. Oh, and, I th- and, and that was Paul saying that's what they do. And they then, they do it. They make an example out of you. Right. They say if you come forward, we will silence you and put you in jail. It's when oh, defending the truth was going to come mm-hmm. out. A lot of the victims had come forward and agreed to be interviewed, and then a lot of those people just ended up you know overdosing or because I mean, and not, not like, yeah. like like they had been you know targeted, but because they were street kids. Like we've talked about with other things, when you're kicked out and somebody's done with you, a cult, a religion, whatever it is, and they're done with you, get the fuck out. Great. Now you're addicted to drugs. You're a used-up prostitute. Yeah, you have nowhere to go. You've got you have no, no family. Money, no no one's going to believe you, most yeah, likely. Yeah, people will think you're lying. Yeah, so what are you going to do? Go back to your family and tell them, oh, this is what I did. Mm-hmm. I kidnapped kids. Plus, don't, if you expose us, you helped us kidnap 12, yeah. 12 kids. Kidnap and all the drugs. We've got, we've got videos of you having mm-hmm. sex with them. You know, I mean, that's that. that yep. It's horrible. So, and so sad. you really don't have any hope. And um, as as you find out with with both uh, Rusty Nelson and, uh, you know, also Paul, Paul Benaji, you know, there's 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 consequences. They can just basically say you're this. You know, both of those guys um, were accused of being uh, pedophiles. They both got charged with um, different assault charges. 
uh, Benassi, who the interesting thing, again, like you, you guys had talked about on the last episode, is almost like because he had gone to jail, it had saved him because he was able to testify finally. Yeah. And I really think it did. I think otherwise he'd just be dead or something. I think prison he probably would have committed suicide. Completely. And I mean, you know, he said he had tried to kill himself after uh, uh, multiple experiences, multiple experiences, including the one, the one that we're going to talk about. Oh, God. uh, Basically, see, and this is the thing is there worst experience. We now listen, I, I don't I don't recommend that you guys go on and necessarily listen to all of this deposition because it's it's horrible. At some point in doing this, we have to as us, we have to kind of listen to it. From a removed standpoint, you know, as a as a cop would like look at a picture of a murder scene and not necessarily go, oh, this is gory and gross. I just need need the facts. I just need to analyze the facts. I need to figure out, is this real? Am I listening to something that's real? Is this can I believe this and hearing it over and over again and whatnot? And I mean, it's horrible. It's a it's it's amazingly horrible to believe that something like this could go on. But at the same time, I can't see the cracks in him not. Oh, I absolutely believe Telling Paul. the truth. And th- and that's the thing is that he is a convicted child molester. Now, just like Rusty Nelson, who uh, is, is convicted of this. Again, now, I don't know about Paul's charges. I know that eventually he did uh, have a trial. Uh, I believe it was in, what, 90, 95, 97? Something like that. I don't remember. And um, both Rusty Nelson, Noreen Gosh, they all came forward and te- uh, testified. Paul ended up winning a million-dollar settlement mm-hmm. um, because of this. Um, you that know. was which he never got by paid. Larry King. Yeah, from Larry yes. King. Right. So I mean, he he because of all this, he has had to testify about some very very horrible things. These are on record. Okay, so he has talked about some of these things, and some of them are insane. He did talk about, in addition to being part of the Johnny Gosh case, in addition to the being privy to all of the the sex trafficking and the child abuse and the and the you know the repeated sexual assaults he also says that at one point um and it could have been um, at other times one we really looked into was that he was witness to and essentially part of the murder a murder of a of a kidnapped young boy um at Bohemian Grove in California which is where the rich and the powerful, the senators, the world leaders, um, leaders of, of, you know, federal agencies, government officials meet. A lot of people say that Bohemian Grove, which is closed to the public, um, is the place where real laws are made. It's not in the Senate or the Congress that it's here at Bohemian Grove. That's the, what they said. You know, this is these meetings. It's and, it, and there's a video, actually, where a guy looks like he snuck a camera into it. Maybe he's a security guard. And, I mean, it looks like like a backwoods, like a scout camp for yeah. adults. Yeah, it actually looks like a, uh, what did I say, a summer camp. Yeah, yeah How they is. label uh, all the little, like, camp, like individual camps. Like, yeah. there's the... This is Valhalla. This is the this and this is, the yeah. Mastery or all the... the, all the yeah, the yeah, monastery, they all have different all names. That weird stuff. There's yeah. different it's all buildings. Off. Right, and I mean... You look at it and you go, this looks like log cabins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but every every building has an interior and everyone has a basement and every place has it. Right, so sure, it, it, uh, just upon glance, does it look sinister? No. 
But what do they do there? They have these rituals. Well, but that there. giant owl statue is real. That's a little right. weird. The, yeah, and, and giant you, owl. And then there's like the Alex Jones video that supposedly he snuck into one of the rituals. That From shows across like, the lake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With like the cremation of care mm-hmm. where they allegedly sacrifice someone. Is this recording and they show this, this thing goes up in flames. Well, this guy, um, what did he call himself? Bohemian Kyle. Mm-hmm. And and we'll share both of these videos. He walks right up to the statue and looks up at it, looks over the lake where this was filmed, and there's the outline of the body laying over the fire. Mm-hmm. I mean, they do this ritual. Um, there's no doubt that these rituals go on, that they wear robes, yeah. that they drink, that sometimes they run around naked. This has been talked about, that they dress in drag. These things are things that are legitimately on record as going on there. Mm-hmm. Richard Nixon is on record as, quote, saying, and I, I, he said it was the effiest, not fuck, the other F word, goddamn thing he'd ever seen <laughs> in his life, he, that he didn't want to go back. He didn't now, like it. He didn't have a good time. Just like all these other parties, just like the Franklin cover-up parties, mm-hmm. there's the party. There's the party. You, and like they say, that might be the one that you bring your kids to, your wife to. yeah. Then there's the party after the party. There's the after after party. So maybe don't may, ever go maybe, to the after after party. Maybe Nixon just went to the robes and went. I don't want to do this anymore. This yeah. is ridiculous. He didn't get invited to the, the other parties. Now, again, allegedly, mm-hmm. we can't say that these are real. I mean, there's no proof that any of this is real, other than these witnesses that, again, aren't necessarily completely credible. Some police don't believe them. They, officials don't believe them. So that means that maybe either they are lying. Or that the police is in on this and this is a big cover-up. I mean, obviously, there's two sides to this, right? Well, Paul Benassi, he testifies that he was picked up at an airport. He describes the whole thing in his testimony. He was taken from here. He went to Las Vegas. They went to a place in Colorado. They met a person in a truck. They drove into, you know, Bohemian Grove. He, he describes it as, he doesn't say Bohemian Grove, as a place where there's tall, tall trees. And he basically describes what Bohemian Grove is. He says that him and another boy named Nicholas, who were both these prostitute boys, uh, were put into a cage. And I'm, I'm going to save you the details, but a young um, uh, kidnapped boy, probably 12 years old or whatever, was brought in, was beaten, sexually assaulted in front of them, and eventually killed right in front of them. And the, the entire thing was filmed. There was a man with a... Yeah, they were making a movie. There was a man with a, a video camera, and he was Ugh, filming the entire thing. Film. And that he was the one that shot the kid. And, and you know, it's, this, is a, this is a story that he tells. And he talks, I mean, he tells about what he did afterwards, that they were taken, and that they went in a plane, and they took this kid's body, and they went over a, um, a forest, and when they got over a clearing, they pushed the body out. In, it was in a bag. They mm. pushed it out, and they said, the men in the hoods will take care of it for us. Whatever the fuck that means. Then they were taken to a house and they were, um, you know, clean, told to clean off. They're taken to another party. I mean, it was literally like, all right, we murdered somebody. On to the next thing. Ugh. And he tells this in in graphic detail. I mean, it's it's horrible to listen to. I mean, he can barely can get the words out of his mouth. What's interesting is that after doing some research and after having some stuff sent to us, it seems like a very famous uh, author, Hunter S. Thompson is implicated as being the man who filmed this, as being the man, I don't necessarily who know. Who filmed if, the snuff film? So They're saying, the, so he was implicated by by Paul as being the guy there that night? He's, he identified him. Really? He, he I didn't identified know he had said that. I just thought you meant like in, in general like had well, been. 
that's what that's okay. what Paul had said, okay. Okay. right? That he had implicated. Now here's here's what's interesting, okay? And I went back and looked at the time frame to make sure this was true. So, the story about Jeff Gannon being Johnny Gosh broke at two twenty nine a.m. on Sunday, February twentieth of two thousand five. By the end of that day, Hunter S. Thompson had killed himself. Wow. Hmm. It's kind of weird so that's on the same day. He killed yeah. himself the day that story broke. Wow. Now, now, there is also in the same article an interview with his assistant or his ex-wife or his ex or something. Uh, I apologize. I'll, I'll share this whole article. You can read this whole thing for yourself. Uh, that she was on the phone with him at the time that he had killed himself and that she was talking to him. And he said that he had no intention of uh, uh, committing suicide, but he said... He thought he could be suicided. Yeah. That was yeah. The, the words he had used. He then, in this, and, and I, I, I need to do some more, because we, we watched so much, and I just, I couldn't <laughs> so keep watching this shit. so much heavy shit. But I need to find out if this is true. She said he left the phone and went, and she, like, almost like to answer a door or something. She heard a muffled bang, and then he never came back. Oh, Jesus. Either he let, he just put the phone down, went and killed himself, or that he was killed. Now, I, you know, it's hard to say. Now, here's the interesting thing. This Rusty Nelson, right? Rus- Russell Rusty Nelson is a man who was hired by Larry King to, as a, photo- as a photographer, that's what he did, to go out and photograph these affluent parties. Now, yeah. his job was not to photograph the horrible shit. He was photographing people together. The, the all the dignitaries. Yeah, the people at the parties. Now, at one point, he tells this story how Larry King took him to a salon. The same he said it was bar, uh, Nancy Reagan's hairdresser, yep. and got him a two thousand dollar hairstyle, got him all done up, a perm, and this and that, made him look all this. Dyed it dark. I just gotta say, dyeing your hair dark and throwing a perm in it does not cost two thousand dollars. <laughs> well, it doesn't. They overcharge this dude <laughs> way too much. Right. Well. So he then starts to notice there's another dude at these parties that looks exactly like him. Hmm. Same perm, same Hmm. beard, same clothes. And he alleges, now this is all, again, now this is coming from a man who I, I, I'm not saying this guy like, oh, everything he's saying is the truth. But I can't say he's lying. He, He definitely doesn't seem like he's making up these stories. He has, the way he talks, the way he speaks has, um, these moments of like, like you were talking about the laugh. It's almost like a, it seems like a, a coping mechanism like or like nervous a laugh. defense mechanism yeah. because he, he's re- reciting these and recalling these horrible things, you know, that are stored in his brain. Um, and it's almost like he kind of goes, oh, you know, uh, yeah, like kind of like a nervous, like, it. oh my gosh, yeah. like I either need to do that or I'm going to like it, cry. Yeah, go crazy and cry mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, I, I don't know. That That's kind of my. Well, he's been through it. so much. Oh, yeah. my God. Because you can watch his interviews online, too. And we'll kind, of, we'll kind of talk about, well, and here's the thing about Rusty, right? So uh, Russ, Rusty was accused just like a lot of these people. Now, this is what's interesting. This is this, like, the same technique keeps coming up in a podcast over podcast. That he was accused of being a pedophile by mm-hmm. local law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Local law enforcement accused him of taking pictures of a minor. However... According to him and his case and his records, they couldn't produce the pictures and they couldn't produce the minor. Yeah. They just said, you did it. 
They just said a girl gave him a fake ID. And, and and because she was underage, she didn't have to face him in court, so she didn't even have to show up. Right. So yeah. so, so here, they, they didn't even have to prove that there was a real person. Right. So he goes to jail. He tells the story that while he's in jail, they're giving him meds. They're giving him. They're giving in, him complete MK Ultra mind control while he's in jail. Well, I couldn't believe when he was he describing about that. that. I was so like, not only were the meds. Mind now, control. Here's the thing about the meds: is he talks about they came in to give him injections for mm-hmm. like he says it was for tuberculosis. Mm-hmm. He says it was a giant needle. First of all, yeah. He says these injections, these meds, they would come in with shotguns, point them at his face. Yeah, it took like four people to and hold say, him if down. If you resist us, we'll just shoot you. Oh my so god. So they're forcing him to take medication. Mm-hmm. They're forcing. He thought that the large needle actually implanted. A, uh, a tracking, tracking device. device. Yep, which he was probably right about. Yeah, he was probably one hundred percent right about that. He also was forced to take meds. He gets out of jail. Now he's on parole. He's got to check in with a guy, and he's he's talking about that he's got a parole officer who's a retired cop, not a mm-hmm. not a doctor, not a physician, that's prescribing him meds, making him take them, and he's just changing them whenever. Yeah, yeah, and he can't stop taking the meds because he has seizures. Par- and, and, right, but it's just probably be part of the mm-hmm. meds. Yep, I'm sure it is. And then as you were saying, that while he was in his his cell, that they yeah. were playing recordings. Yeah, they were playing recordings to get into his mind. They'd wake him up every 15 minutes, so he couldn't even really sleep. Like, it puts people in an altered state of mind just from that. The recordings would say things like, you're guilty. Yeah, you're guilty. like, confess, confess, just take the plea. Take the plea. You're just guilty. over and over and over again, just tape recordings of that. Oh, my God. That's total technique. Just driving Awful. him absolutely insane. Yeah. This is after he got out. He was homeless. He was, you know, I mean, Living he was. His and he had, like, 55 medications or something yeah, that he he's had got to all take. Of this. It was ridiculous. Now, he alleges that, um, what year was it? I don't. In 1988, he alleges that he refused an offer. This is crazy. Like, this is crazy for me to say, but it, like. <laughs> It's also not. He refused $100,000 from Hunter S. Thompson to shoot a snuff film. Now, for those of you that aren't super familiar with Hunter S. Thompson, Hunter S. Thompson is the, they call him the father of uh, gonzo journalism. He originally started writing for Rolling Stone and ended up turning some of his pieces into some of the biggest uh, books of the 60s and 70s. He was the author of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, the character that Johnny Depp played, the real-life man who talks like this and he smoked his cigarettes and he yeah. was crazy and he would do drugs. And if, if you never listen, read Fear and Loathing, the story was about a man who was sent to Las Vegas to cover a race, took all of the drugs in the world, ends up pulling guns on people, uh, losing his mind, hallucinating, talking about the... I mean, he's a maniac. Yes. And you look at it and you go, man, what a pulp hero. What a man who raged against the establishment. But now you kind of look back on this and you go, yeah, but was he crazy enough? When he writes things and there's quotes, uh, you know, they show from Hunter S. Thompson, a quote that said, uh, you know, the only people who know the edge are the ones who have truly gone over. Yeah, he went over it <laughs> you know, many times, I'm sure. He he was notorious for being a gun owner. He lived with the Hells Angels to write a book about the Hells Angels. Right. So like, and then he, he almost... strikes me as like a method writer, you know, like a method actor. But oh, yeah. like he just has to emerge himself. They almost in killed it. him yeah, because exactly. of what he wrote. They almost killed him. They beat him almost to death. Yeah. He lived with guns. He shot guns every day. Mm-hmm. He would wake up. There's a documentary about him where he's literally they're holding up the slate <laughs> to do the you know, scene, yes. and he's behind it going, wait, hold on a second, doing lines of coke off of his little mirror <laughs> behind the slate before the interview. Yeah. And then he's out shooting guns. There's the interview with him Jesus. on Conan when he's an older man, and he's mm. shooting a machine gun. Die, you, you scum. And then a few minutes later, he's just screaming for no reason. Like, he was a legitimate man who was out of his mind. Yeah, he was a madman. 
Now, Completely. these allegations say that he wanted that that he was going around and he was filming these snuff films. He was in charge of this network of snuff films. He had done it time and time again. They say <laughs> that he had he was part of kidnapping multiple children. Quite a few of them were dead because of this. Now, it's not hard to believe when you listen to, like, what is interesting is when you listen to what Paul Benassi is saying in his testimony about this man who was kicking this kid to death in his face and just throwing him around, and then he pulls out a gun and just shoots him in the face. And then you listen to, to interviews with Hunter S. Thompson, the, docu- the one from 1981 with uh, Letterman. Oh, God. Where he says, what have you been up to, Hunter? And he goes, I don't know. I like to kill. Oh, okay. And he says, you know, what he likes to do in his spare time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like to kill. He says, well, what, what you know, I mean, people. He goes, oh, we don't want to talk about hurting people, do we? Yeah, he said shooting. He's like, shooting we don't want to talk about shooting people. That's, That's so awkward. He also talks about, um, you know, you know. Like, and he, and he oh goes, my God. but I'm not teasing. He goes, I'm not teasing. I, I used to like to kill people. And then, then he I realized, realized I, I was wasn't. doing it and as a hunt, and I didn't want to hunt them. Yeah, he, killed, he yeah he would he would. Have I wasn't killing for yeah. meat. I was killing to kill. I was yeah, killing to he, kill. Yeah, and it's it's like, <sighs> and you go, oh, what a what a silly crazy old person. Now there are, and then you hear these stories, and you're like, oh shit. Now just like there were ties from the uh, Finders Cult to Washington, there have been stories and ties, and there are again, I don't know, I haven't looked into a lot of these deep. I mean, there's a lot of wormholes, guys. In this, um, they talk about Rabbit there holes. were there were um, ties of sexual abuse and Satanism to you know, allegations. Again, not ties. Let me not say they were legal ties. Allegations, and they was, were allegations of probably by conspiracy theorists. I don't know that they they were in law books. Let me clarify that uh, Governor George McGovern, who was friends with Hunter S. Thompson, was involved in Satanism. Was involved in child abuse. Um, but again, like he was also allegedly at these parties at Bohemian Grove with all of these world leaders. These these politicians and presidents he in that same interview with letterman he says he talks about uh you know um stomping george bush to death on live television uh and he then he talks about um you know i know the bushes i've been to hillbilly yeah he says he's been to hillbilly which is where they are that's bohemian grove that's (laughs) That's the bushes camp camp at bohemian grove oh my god um paul says that he was he was kept in this cage and then they that they you know he saw the entire thing um and and there's no sense to me when he's telling the story that he's lying. That seems very traumatic. It doesn't seem like no, overly he glamorized. He seems 100% honest. And it, it scared me too because he said they've filmed there before. Like they've done other movies there at that same location before. Yeah, and, and, and Benassi goes on to talk about how he had, he had been at parties where he had seen presidential limousines flagged by Secret Service. Um, he, he says... now. <laughs> I, I, look, I watch, I watch some YouTube videos. I watch this guy talk. I watch his deposition. I'm repeating these things. I am not saying that these are true. I am saying that this is what Paul Benassi, a man who, who has said he has seen a lot of things. Say, I mean, if you look at his eyes, his eyes look like he has seen, when he's giving these depositions. Mm. Right. He looks like, his he's eyes are like black, like, ever. like dark circles. And like, this dude looks like walking death. Yeah. But he alleges that he was in a closet at a party. He was being kept in there. And through, I don't know, the crack in the closet, the hole in the door, I don't know what it was. He could see into the party. And he saw George H.W. Bush, who was vice president at the time. This was prior to him becoming president. Receiving oral sex from two male prostitutes. Oh, wow. 
Now, how at, at once? Yeah, like they, they were sharing. I don't listen. I don't want right. <laughs> yeah, to. Let's not speculate right. that aspect of it. I'm like, so just calm gross. down, guys. Just, just calm down. It Super just, gross. But see, it just seems like it, like uh, there's no reason to throw the second guy in there if you're making it up. I well, know. if I you're agree. excessive, yeah, okay. not not him making it up. Right. I mean, the bush. Of course, he's gonna want to because yeah. he's excessive. Uh, oh, <laughs> I know. It's so I know. Gross. I can't even say these words. <laughs> I don't but know now, why we are. Again, here's the thing, because... Look, that's listen, part of the story. Now, listen, Larry King was in the Reagan White House. Yeah, he was. He had, like, he, a direct line to the Reagan White these House. these parties together. So the idea that the after party happened, okay? Yep. Well, it's not... It, now, if, if this guy is just a multiple personality crazy person who literally is making all of this up, despite the fact that he's walked people to houses and showed them this is where yeah, they're moving that's, the door. That's yeah, what I'm saying. He can prove it all. to the house. Right. Like, so, he, I mean, can prove he, it he's... All. He, he he's not a complete liar. He was awarded a settlement of a million dollars. Let's be fair. This guy isn't yep. a, isn't a fucking lunatic liar. So, but but that like, I like what do you do with that information? Now, also, and I I, I propose this question: If this dude was in a closet and saw George Bush getting getting a that uh, yeah, like how is he being allowed to still walk around? You know because I mean? no one will believe him. I think that a, a lot of times, I think that's how they can survive these things. Is like, and that's why they use these kids that have nowhere to go and stuff. Because it's like, if you tell I mean, anyone we, this, no one's going to believe you. You're a drug addict. You know, you're a prostitute. You're this. You're that. And nobody's going to listen to you. So they feel safety in like going to these after parties and doing whatever they want with these people because they know that nobody's going to listen. Which is really sad because it makes them feel completely hopeless, and that's why they don't leave. I mean, but I asked that question on the last, the the previous podcast, and I said the same thing about Paul. And I'm like, how was he just allowed to be out and about? Because I also had questions about his, I guess you could say, abduction, like how he got involved in it in the first I place. I feel like his family put him there somehow. Well, it's really weird because, like I his said, his family sounds. I don't there. I don't know much about his family and here's the thing he claims that he was around 12 or 13 when he helped abduct Johnny and then I mean they they interview his family 10 years after it has all happened but his family says that you know he was they were with him that day so it's like well but I don't understand like how there isn't a point of your family's life that says yeah but then he was abducted and kidnapped yeah. when he was well, third. his like, family could have been involved. You know, they could have made then money you, off of that. You not, but how, how you... does he not say? My family sold me. Like I just don't understand. He might not want to. Parts of Paul's story, like how he got involved, how he got right. in there, how if he can say that he helped, you know, to kidnap Johnny, but also then his family can say that. Well, he's he from was, Omaha. Even, maybe he was Boys Town. Even if been. it was, maybe, maybe, maybe that's what it is. But I mean, even if he wasn't. You know, if his family wasn't even correct about the actual day, they should still know. No, he couldn't have been with us because that's when he was kidnapped. You know what I mean? Like, there would have to be this memory of, of, of when that happened to him. So I'm confused about the Paul thing, and I don't know, like, I don't know. I don't know. But maybe then if, like, they, if something happens to him, then they go, oh, see, they're silencing him. It's true. Yeah, that's the other aspect of it, because then if they get murdered or something. Well, that's why... Like Thompson could have be could have been suicided, you know. Cause yeah. It's like that's why they make it look like suicide. Well, they had also said that uh, they were claiming that Hunter S. Thompson had 
uh, knowledge of 9-11 being an yeah, inside job. I was and really that he was... into it back then, like mm-hmm. in 2004. And he kept wanting to come out and he mm-hmm. said he had ties with the Bushes. Yep. And he said a lot of times that he's not suicidal. He would never commit suicide. Right. Like, he wanted to make that really public. Wow. And I didn't know all this about him back then. I just knew oh, him because of his books. But I felt like he knew something that he wanted to share about 9-11, but yeah. he never did. Yeah, I think. And I mean, Rusty Nelson says the same thing. He goes, I'm completely convinced that 9-11 was an inside job as well. Yeah. Um, and it all ties to the bushes. And, and the Jesus. same thing with the documentary that was supposed to air. What is it? The something silence? Conspiracy, the, of, conspiracy silence. of silence. Yeah, the conspiracy of silence. It was in the TV guide. It was supposed to air. And it was like 20 minutes before its airtime. And uh, he said, Rusty Nielsen says that the Bush family bought it off. That's crazy. Not just like it was shut down, that the Bush family paid for they it. They were not the ones to be. who. Oh, that's crazy. They pulled it. So, yeah. Wow. What's, what's interesting is that Ru- Rusty Nelson. Um, who again, like, was being groomed? Like, if you listen to his story, was being groomed to be a fall guy. Yeah, totally. He was ma- he was being to be the scapegoat. The other guy that looks like him mm-hmm. is the one that's filming all the child porn and staying yep. afterwards, so that if they need to, they just dump they can rusty be like, oh, and they change rusty. that guy's look. Yep. Right. They unperm the hair. They shave the beard, and he's on to the next thing. They yep. keep him safe. Rusty goes to jail. Now, here's an interesting thing: is that um, Rusty? Okay, he he testifies for Paul Benassi, right? Then, um, you know, years later, he gets arrested. Now, it says that the the warrant's actual date that it was was uh, issued for was back in September of 2003, just prior to the 2004 presidential primary season. However, it was not served until February 16th, 2005, um, which was, uh, but they actually didn't get him. They actually didn't arrest him. Till February 26th, which was right after Hunter S. Thompson's, um, also after Hunter S. Thompson's uh, suicide. So it was right around the wow. time that the Gannon story mm. broke, right around the time that Hunter S. Thompson killed oh, himself. It's like it was all like happening right then. Now, he says, he says in an interview that he per- personally witnessed Secret Service agents arrive at the King's Embassy Row mansion in Washington to set up a security two days prior to a private child sex party attended by senators and congressmen that he declined to name. He said the party was held immediately after a public political reception in October of 98, uh, 88, just prior to the Bush-Dukakis presidential election. He said um, on the night of the two parties, he saw a limousine arrive for the second party, which was attended by young children. He was told that it was a presidential limo, adding that he saw Secret Service agents guarding the vehicle from the time it arrived until 9 to 10 p.m. until it pulled away. Um, he listen to this. So this is this is not this is not Paul Benassi's testimony. This is in this is Nelson's own story. But he said, in addition to children and mostly male after party was attended by members of Congress and other businessmen who, according to Nelson, declined to tell us uh, who when he asked um, if President Reagan or Vice President Bush had arrived in the limo, saying, I will only tell you um, which one it was or the names of the senators. I will only tell you which one it was or the names of the senators and congressmen in a courtroom. So he's never he's never said those things. Wow. However, then Paul says he sees this by being kept in a closet in a party in Washington D.C. This president, Vice President Bush's. So, and he, and he said that it was right before he when he was still vice president, and this mm-hmm. is during the election. So, are they telling the same story? Are from wow. two different points of view? I mean, I think that happens a lot. You hear a lot of these people that seemingly don't know each other, or children that have come forward who have claimed to have been part of these rings. 
who tell the same experiences almost, you know. And it's like they probably didn't run across each other. or And all these people, they just they corroborate the same stories. Yeah, so, right. I mean, again they're saying again. the same thing. Yeah. Well, and, and, and Russell, Rusty. Yeah, he Rusty says, does He it. says, uh, you know, that um, they, they, the authorities basically came. They kicked in his door. They took all his computers. They took all his stuff, said, uh, we know there's child porn on here. We're going to find it. And then he just take his stuff and accuse him. He never gets his stuff and back. And that wasn't even the worst. Like, they, they also, like, bashed in all of his walls with... Oh, yeah, they destroyed his broke house. out all his windows and, like, ruined his, all of his home appliances. Yep. I mean, they ruined just... It, like, made his home unlivable, you know? Yep. just Basically took all his... I mean, took everything from him. And the scary thing is, is to think, like, like, literally, if that's all it takes for police and you can't even, like... And now you have no money. Nobody's going to defend you. You know, they take everything from you. They seize all of your assets. They freeze everything mm-hmm. in your life. So you can afford a public defender, maybe... Well, I mean, you can't afford when they're free, but I mean, you get one, and then and then you you get a shitty defense, and they just go, "Yep, that's he, a great a value." Sorry, the great gonna, value public yeah, defender, <laughs> the off-brand, the public. Yeah, yeah, they, and they send you to jail, and they go, "This guy's a child. Uh, this guy's uh, a child uh, molester. God. Get out in prison." And then you just go, "The fuck! I didn't. I literally had had no choice. You just said that I was there, or as anybody can do, and as other as we've talked about with some of these other guys that they've rumored that that's what happened. That they downloaded it onto their computer and said, "Look, it's there. Well, there it is on your computer. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't do that. Sure, you didn't. Go to prison. I mean, that's crazy. Now, and I don't want to believe that our government is doing that to people. And you don't. But and you look at these people and you go, well." Okay, is this guy a guy who did this and made up these fantastic stories to defend himself as to his actions? Or did he see these horrible things? Maybe did he do this thing because of the actions that he saw, because of what have done to him and other cases like that? I, I, I don't want to believe any of the things that these people are saying, but I don't look at their faces or listen to their lives and think that they have any reason to lie. They're not gaining anything from this. Well, and I mean, I thought also Rusty had actually said um, or agreed that he had taken nude photos of people. And he said, I never minded doing that. You know, I think it's art. But yeah, if, he's a if people would come to, you know, there were times when they would come to me and he would ask if they could produce an ID because he would need to make sure that, you know, the, the people were of age. And I guess like something happened where that he couldn't do it one time like with a was it with a political person or somebody like somebody couldn't provide the identification he's like okay that's kind of weird so it could have been he said he always got waivers too yeah so to cover him in case they did give a yeah. false id yeah and they he asked them about the waiver for the one that he was convicted of and they wouldn't give it to him uh, yeah something like that maybe that's what it was but anyhow and, and, and you and you listen to his story and you go okay well, was there really a doppelganger of you that was also at the parties mm-hmm. and then, you know, oh, no, no, guys, it wasn't me that you saw sticking around. It was the guy who looked exactly like me. Yeah. I mean, if depending on how you say it, depending on how you think of it, it's either the craziest thing or it's the most believable thing. Yeah. Right? I mean, I, I can't, I can't like go. <laughs> yeah, either he's evil and crazy or... They are evil and crazy to do that and hire a doppelganger, which I actually yeah. think they probably did. It's, Where it's, it seems so, I mean, to, we got to remember that, uh, okay, and, and let's go back to Noreen Gosh for just a second. She makes a great point in her, her documentary where she talks about how 
you know, there's pedophiles everywhere and no matter what, they're going to fulfill their needs or, or what have you. Oh, and God. rich people, like she says, they don't need to go out and steal their yeah, own kid. Yeah, they hire you know, someone. They get people Ugh. to do it because they don't need to risk that. And I think a lot of the times um, you you hear about children who end up dead or things like mm-hmm. that after they've been kidnapped or something and they've been sexually abused, but they end up dead and they find them. And I think that was... That was the pedophile, you know, who who is too afraid to he can't keep them in a cage the in the White pedophile. House and doesn't have law enforcement in his back pocket. You know what I'm saying? I think that these cases get extreme because they can. Right. And these people are everywhere. And I mean, like you said yeah. last time, Melissa, they're in places of power and, and people yeah. who are power hungry. It maybe is a power thing. But either well, way, I, I think Larry um, King is just like totally evil because even rusty said he set it up like three times before with credit unions right. to now, to have because i mean why would a credit union owner have like a private jet and like all this stuff yeah, like yeah and bodyguards like, yeah he doesn't need like he that. knew what he was doing to get money you know like i feel like he was setting up a lot of people to get blackmailed and yes and, and then that's, that's why he was t- having these after parties so he could take pictures yep and then he could be like i have you in a compromising position you and know? that's that's what the accusations were that like and rusty said that too he said that's what they would do right they would so. even ask like Maybe even guys who hadn't done these things before, they would like kind of coerce them into doing Get these them things. Wasted. Like, you yeah. need to do this. Like, be with a guy, and then then they have you know, or a child, or and mm-hmm. then it's really bad. But you know, but they would get him in these, like you said, compromising positions. And take and, pictures. Yep. Or, or or they'd give him a, uh, give him a prostitute and go, hey, yeah. anything you want. We and bought then you this go, for you. And then you go, they get done. They go. By the way, that girl's uh, fifteen. Yep. So and we filmed and the whole thing, and now it. now you have to vote for us. Yeah. And that was kind of the accusation. Um, Ugh, you made an interesting so point evil. just now, and, and I apologize if I said this. I, it was on my mind, and I, I can't remember if I brought it up or if it was just what I was thinking, but Rusty in his in, in his interview does talk about how these guys would send these guys with the cars out for, you know, scouting the neighborhoods, and they would look at the boys and take pictures, um, and then they God, would take them so back sick. and go, would you be interested in oh. this one? Would you be interested in this one? How about this one? What are you looking for? And so when people talk about having, like in the Johnny Gosh case, seen cars driving around talking to boys, that they might be taking pictures, and then they'll shopping the boys around and go, okay, well, I know that kid's a paper boy, and he's on his route every morning at 645. If the guy likes him, we can snatch that one for him. So just like you said, they send out errand boys. Wow. It was really weird how, um... oh, I forgot what I was just going to say. Dang it. That's disgusting. I don't know. Just like a little catalog of like, oh, yeah. you like this one? You like one? this one? What, what, what are your interests? Sick. I mean, it really is. And and then if you really think about that, if you really think about the idea that like there, you know, I, I think about Hunter S. Thompson's behavior. You know, he seems like a man who didn't have to medicate because, I mean, he was you, like, you think about that, like he just was a crazy man who lived on the drugs and or was he a man who literally had to medicate himself to keep all of the demons oh, I'm sure. from screaming in his head? I am sure. You know, he had I mean, to there was a comment himself. that he said in one of the Letterman interviews where he's like, "I don't do guilt." Yeah. You know, he just he he just lives. He just does, and he just you know he loves to shoot and he loves to do these things. It's not that's the th- that's the interesting thing is that like in that story that Benassi talks about when he talks about the man shooting, like he just shot. Like a, a pistol, like a gun, oh, and that's what God. Hunter S. Thompson loved. Like, I mean, was it or is it like, is it crazy? Did he see somebody on TV, and did he have a, did one of his ideas, one of his personalities? Think, I, I can't, I can't just go. All right, well, 
Hunter S. Thompson filmed snuff films for politicians and shot a kid. Well, in Fear and Loathing, that drug is like adrenal chrome or whatever, That's and it a, has that to is come point, from though. the um, adrenal gland of a living human. Yeah, there is a there is a passion. They talk about that, and they they do say I can't remember if they say it in that, but. Um, like going to the David Icke Bohemian Grove stuff, when they go into the sacrifices, they say they have to, um, they pull a chemical out of the penal gland of a whoever's being sacrificed, right. and that's supposed to well, get yeah, you really high. Yeah, the whole the whole passage so is that his lawyer creepy. goes down and gets the gets some from a Satanist. Yeah, and he says he goes, yeah, the the only way to get is from a. Freshly, you know, from a still living human body. Yeah. And he goes, oh, oh, Satan has killed her and cut a bunch of holes in her head. Like, like, yeah, he talks now about, about it like this like, crazy oh, God. thing. Well, and that's the thing is you kind of, it's kind of like the Cosby thing or the Louis thing that we talked about. And mm-hmm. you go, well, now that story about putting a bit Spanish yeah, fly. Yeah, Spanish or, fly isn't or funny anymore. This, it's not funny. Like, oh, it's creepy. Shit, and you go, fuck, totally he was bragging real. about it. Yeah. So was that what Hunter was doing? Talking about, you know, adrenal chrome. I'll go stomp these pigs to death and I'll shoot him, shoot him in the face. Uh, like, was it his way of like living untouchably big? Because he talks about, you even said it in that, in that interview where he's 60 and he's like, I don't know how God allowed me to be 60. And you're like, that's, yeah, that's it's not kinda, old. Yeah, it's not mm-hmm. old, but. But he, I mean, he. But with everything he's done, maybe, he just maybe that, that guilt's getting him even though he doesn't do it. Yeah, I don't know. Oof. I can't, I can't. This stuff is, it, the allegations are crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that they kind of all line up from different points of view yeah, are even crazier. And time frames, too, because Thompson was in that area during that time. Hanging with those people mm-hmm. in political circles. He wrote Fear and Loathing on the campaign yep. trail in the yep. 60s, Fear and Loathing on Las Vegas in the 70s. Uh, you know, he's got a lot of crazy books um, out there about his, you know, these swine, they should all be taken out to the desert and stomped to death, and the pigs should bleed from their... I mean, it, yep. like, he does a lot of this stuff. And you and and listen, if... if and again, I'm not, I'm not advocating that this is true. But if you read this as the manifesto that Kevin Spacey left behind in Seven, or as the Unabomber's manifesto, you'd go, yeah, that's the ramblings of a crazy person. Mm-hmm. And the swine and people are going to pay when the blood, the blood runs back from the rivers of the dead. And you go, yeah, that's the ramblings of a crazy person. Yeah. So are these people, are some people just crazy publicly because they feel untouchable? I mean, Bill Cosby made jokes about drugging women knowing full well he was drugging women. Right? Yeah. Like, so I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to believe about any of this because if it's, if it's real, it's horrible. Yes, it is. I don't know. How much of this do you believe is true? I mean, are you guys 100% in? Are you 80%, 70%? Where are you guys living? <laughs> Sadly, I'm I'm like 98%. I mean, I've read a lot about Bohemian Grove, and a lot of it was just crazy out there, like I said, like David Icke type stuff, which you're like, oh, that's insane. They're not reptiles. They're not doing all that. But I know people don't have to be reptilian to like do sacrifices and do creepy ritual stuff. So I do think Bohemian Grove can be just a fraternity, you know, because fraternities do a lot of weird rituals, you know. And so I could see it being like that. But I also feel like people in power just get so power hungry, not all of them, but a lot of them do, that they could have these creepy ass after parties and they might be into that gross pedophilic shit and just hire someone like, 
Larry King and Larry King anyway just wants to make money and take advantage of people. So, of course, he's going to set up some weird ring like that. But And with the layout of Bohemian Ugh. Grove, like we had talked about, it it isn't impossible to imagine. I mean, imagine. it's in the woods. You can do right. whatever you want. The, the, and the, no one's and there. The, and, 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 yeah, from the look of it, it looks like a place where a bunch of old guys get together and barbecue without their wives. Yeah, exactly. However, <laughs> if, if there's 300 or 400 people there, it isn't... Um, hard to imagine that in one of the cabins that has armed guards outside mm-hmm. because president they're in there having a meeting. You can't yeah. go in there because these people are having a meeting right now. It isn't isn't impossible to imagine in the basement of one of those things that some horrible shit could go on that oh, they could totally. have these parties. But you know, but also at the same time, I mean, it might just be hookers and cocaine. It, yeah. it, who knows what it is? But it's not impossible to imagine. Yeah, that's not crazy. I don't know. But, I mean, if you think you're untouchable, if you think you're that powerful, if you need that kind of leverage over people, then what do you get them with? Yeah. What's the most unimaginable thing that you could get them with? So you control them forever. So their their allegiance is literally, like, to the point now where you go, how are people still standing behind Trump? How? <laughs> how are people still going? Like, he literally came out the other day and said, you know that 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 video where, I, where you hear me saying, like, you can grab him by the pussy? That wasn't me. Oh, I can't believe he said that. He's now denying it, even though it's completely yeah, his me. voice. He also today, uh, at, an, at a ceremony honoring Native Americans, insulted Elizabeth Warren and the Native American by calling her Pocahontas oh in front of the God. Native American uh, code break elders. Oh, he's so I mean, embarrassing. He's, he's literally that person, and yet people, real uh, politicians, are still standing why? behind him. And you go, why? Exactly. Why? Why why this blind allegiance? Is it because you believe in in the Republican Party so much? Or is it because there's something holding you to these ideals? Yeah. Jesus. Either way, it's terrible. Either way, it's bullshit. Mm -hmm. But one one is much, much worse to imagine. And I I don't know. Look, we'll post the Jeff Gannon interviews. We're going to post links to the Paul Bonacci stuff if you want to watch it. (laughs) You can hear his words and see his face. It's brutal. Don't do it. I would listen. It's to, very sad. I would listen to Danny. I wouldn't do it either. It's um, nice though. I was glad that we saw Paul Bonacci doing okay in the last is, time yeah. because now he's okay. Speaking of which, he's literally the only one of these guys I can find any. I yeah. can't find updates on Jeff Gannon. I can't find updates on Rusty Nelson. Yeah, there's no real. I mean, They're most of the interviews kinda... are at least 2009, 2007, something like that. So I don't know. It's weird. Um, but yeah, I, I've, I, I don't know. Another horrible downer episode. Sorry, everybody. Yeah, I'll post this stuff, um, these <laughs> interviews so with Hunter sad. S. Thompson, so you can see the quotes about him and, and the uh, the allegations. And, and so I'll post the, the interview with Rusty Nelson. Yeah. Because uh, that's, Rusty... That's a good one. Rusty, Rusty Nelson's stuff is is not as graphic, but it's, I mean, you can judge for, for yourself what you think. And, I mean, people can argue this is just as insane as those of those guys going, yeah, I worked at Area 51, and I picked mm-hmm. up an alien, mm-hmm. and I took it in the other room. You know, so, I don't know. I don't know. I want you guys to weigh in on this. Um, and there's more to this. You know, the stuff we talked about, we just barely grazed the surface of, but uh, that they talk about with the, you know, Monarch and the programs and the mind control and stuff. I mean, there's so much to this. So we really want to get uh, even deeper into this. But that's enough for today because – this is horrible shit. And <laughs> so I don't want to keep talking about it. Ah. So, uh, yeah, that's. I, I mean, I want to know what you guys think about this. Uh, what do you guys have in closing? Any, any thoughts? I'm just glad it's done. <laughs> just go watch a bunch of kitty and puppy videos right now. Yeah. Lots of kittens and puppies that think happy thoughts. <laughs> <laughs>
because this is such a sad subject. On a happy note, though, um, (laughs) on Trump's presidency, more people have been busted for sex trafficking than ever like this year. And so they're actually cracking down on it and they're trying to help a lot of people, which is really good. And it's good that it's coming to the forefront because like we talked about in the last episode, the 80s, nobody even knew. It was a thing. Right. And then it was something that just happened overseas. It wasn't something that happened yeah, in America. Yeah. And so and, now yeah. it's kind of a big deal and people are working to stop it, which is great. Well, they're only 40, 40, whatever years late. So <laughs> good, good, good thing they're on the case. <laughs> All right. Look, li- literally, I don't, I, I mean, this stuff is just so horrible to not only look into, but to just imagine that it could have happened to anybody. Um, and it, that's the sad thing is it does. This isn't about like somebody who got kidnapped. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Sorry, I hit the microphone. Are you okay? It was like her, her your, your earphones started headphones. to go and she ninja up. I tried to grab him, but I the got mic. the mic instead. But like I was saying, this isn't like, you know, the story of a guy who, who said he, he was raised by Sasquatch and we have to believe it. Or, or even like somebody like Travis, uh, who was, uh, you know, says he was taken up into a, a UFO at one point or. You know these guys. I mean, this is this is human on human. Yeah, horribility. this is legitimate evil it seems shit. Like I'd, you'd almost rather get abducted at this point. Oh, like, serious? Or, 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 or Larry King and Sasquatch. his credit union bullshit. Yeah. yeah, seems like a safer route. Yeah, because because uh, I mean, places like Boys and Town, aliens put you back. Right. Like Larry King just abducts you forever. Yeah, ah. and these places that seem like safe havens, like Boys Town oh, and these God, other places. Yeah. I mean, they're it's it's it's. You know, they harbor these predators and it's horrible. And um, I, I don't know. It's just it's just awful to imagine this is part of our world. So, uh, like I said, we'll share these links and you guys can look for, look at it yourselves. And I want to hear what you guys have to say. Um, we'll keep getting deeper into some of this stuff. But if there's other things you want to hear us talk about in the meantime, please send us suggestions. If you have any stories you want to share, anything, uh, thoughts you want to uh, have us talk about on the podcast, please send it to us. Um, you can find us uh, on Twitter, uh, Facebook. Instagram, just, you know, we're, we're everywhere. So uh, find us and, and, and tell us. Also, please take time to go on to iTunes and rate the show. Um, you can give it one through five stars. I just click five because that's how many we should have. And then <laughs> Absolutely. If, you, if you want, write a little review. I know some people have taken the time to do that lately, but the more reviews and the more ratings we get, the kind of higher up it moves us in the ratings. And, uh, you know, lets other people know about the show. And, um, you know, we don't charge. I know there's a lot of like podcasts that charge their Patreon accounts or whatever, and people you know pay or they have GoFundMe's and they ask people to contribute. We've never asked you guys to contribute. All we ask is just take time to write a little review for us. That'd be awesome. So thank you. Anything else you guys want to say before we get out of here? Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Go take a shower. That's, you know, that's, a, that's a good name for this podcast. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. A good one for um, sure. Well, on behalf of Danny, on behalf of Melissa and everybody here at the Area 52 secretive recording facilities thank you for tuning in and hey we'll see you next time where'd you get this never mind it's absolutely pure what kind of monster client have you hooked up with this time satanism freak i think there's only one source for this stuff the uh adrenaline gland from a living human body i know I didn't have any cash to pay me. He offered me human blood, said it would tick me higher than I'd ever been in my life. I was kidding. Oh, I told him I'd just as soon have an ounce of so pure adrenochrome. 
or maybe just a fresh adrenaline plant to chew on. I could already feel the stuff working on me. The first wave felt like a combination of mescaline and methadrine. Maybe I should take a swim, I thought. Yes, sir. They nailed this guy for child molesting. He swore he didn't do it. Why should I fuck with children, he said. They're too small. Guys, what could I say? Even a goddamn werewolf is entitled to live in council. This is the end. Didn't dare to turn to creepy. Beautiful friend. Oh, might have picked up a letter opener and gone after my... This is the end. My only friend. Yeah, why not? Oh, I...